Burroughs Furniture is built for the way you live. From ensuring easy assembly and disassembly to honoring highly requested new colors for their award-winning seating, they always have their customers in mind. Their modular seating is made out of durable materials to last and grow with you. And with Burrow, you always get fast, free shipping. Get up to 60% off during Burrow's Memorial Day sale at burrow.com slash ACAST. That's burrow.com slash ACAST. Burrow.com slash ACAST. Influencers. We both love to hate and sometimes hate to love them. But when we hear the word, we tend to think of people with their smartphones and done up good looks on Instagram and social media, making their money from a long line of sponsorships. But all the way back in 1841, a good old fashioned case of viral marketing took an unexpected turn and ended in tragedy. This is the mysterious case of Mary Rogers, also known as the Cigar Girl. My name's Ben. And I'm Nicole. And you're listening to Wicked and Grim. A true crime podcast. Warning. The following podcast contains graphic content and material intended for a mature audience. Listener discretion is advised. honestly hate the word influencer. I think there's a fine line between like an influencer and a creator. Honestly, since influencer became a thing, you always hated that term. I have and it, because there's influencer gets a bad rap and it, draw, can, yeah. it draws over into the creator world because people mm -hmm. who are creators are like, yeah, I'm just creating cool shit for the fact that I love doing it. And I have a lot of people in my corner who support me. And I mean, yeah, I can pop out ads there and that's kind of how, how I build revenue. But then influencers are just like, yeah, I'm the boss. I'm the shit by the, the sponsored ads that I have. And that's about it. I do think when you're like a, a creator first and then influencer kind of, you're usually like way more successful. I think so. And it's not to say that all influencers are bad or all creators are bad mm -hmm. or all creators are good or whatever. There, there's bad and good in both both worlds. Yeah. But uh, influencers tend to get the the bad rap, you know? Well, sometimes I think they're just, they have more, or people think they have more influence than they actually do because say 50,000 Instagram followers isn't really like, if you post something, it's not necessarily going to just make that other person blow up. No. At no, all. No, at definitely all. not. And I, I learned that a few years ago because I've, I've talked about this before. I have well over, I think, 180,000 followers on TikTok. Mm -hmm. I haven't posted in like over a year, if that even more. But yeah, it it, it you don't have influence. Yeah. Um, you almost need to have way more nowadays or something. I don't know. Well, you have to have millions, 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 because everyone out there is becoming influencers, creators, yeah. and it's a, a very large ocean. Mm -hmm. But that's not even my goal anyways. I don't think it's yours either. Well, yours was just for fun. Yeah. It was just for fun. I want to do this sort of stuff because I love it. And what's really awesome is we oh. have incredible people in our corner supporting this show, helping us It's been a be crazy creators. week. I can't believe it. We had 
Is this record breaking? I think so. It could be. We had 12 patrons sign up this week. Yeah. So like, we, holy shit. We have 12 individuals this week to thank. Usually we have like anywhere from like two, maybe to five every yeah. week sign up. Yeah. But 12 this week. So yeah, thank amazing. you so much. Yeah. It kind of just like, I don't know, we get notifications and it just kind of made our day every, every time. It was awesome. No kidding. So- here we go. The long list of patrons to thank. Let's do it. So I'm sorry if I get your name wrong. We we are always sorry. We're terrible with that, but we do our best. It's our charm. It is, right? It's it's the Canadian charm. <laughs> we'll just say sorry at the end and it's all good, right? <laughs> <laughs> um, so first off, we have Lauren McGuire, Danny Bagby, Lisa Johnson, Demi Conway Grist. Shout out to Demi. Shout out. Local friend of ours. Um, Maddie Horton, Cheryl Means. Gail Galliato, Mandy Roloffs, Marissa Giese, Diana Hurd, Rio, and finally, Mishma Lubabi. Nice. I hope I said your name right, Mishma. That's uh, a good list of awesome people. That is incredible people. So thank you so much for your support. That, that means the world to us. It really does. And they also have an exclusive episode dropping today as well over thank on Patreon. You. Yep, last day of the month. There's always a exclusive episode just for those patrons. Exactly. But if you do sign up, we just want to let you know, make sure you sign up for that all access. That's yeah. how you get the free episode, right? Yeah. Our lower tier, that's just behind the scenes content. The all access gets that extra episode as well. Right. But you still get some cool stuff with the other tier too. Don't get us wrong. Yeah. We have some other big news. I think I know what it is. Ready? What is it? Drum roll. Our second year anniversary is coming up in yep. like a week yep february 8th is our two-year podcast anniversary we made it i mean technically not yet <laughs> technically not yet really i feel like that's a huge accomplish accomplishment because a lot of podcasts don't make it to two years no i think like i, I looked it up before and like the average podcast makes it i think somewhere between like seven or eight, seven episodes. Or eight episodes yeah yeah it could have increased in the last year or so maybe even up to 10 Possibly. or 12, but it's definitely not in the hundreds. And we are well on our way to reaching much more than just so 100. in my books, we made it. Fair enough. I thought you meant we made it to our second anniversary. Oh, no. Like, I just think that's a huge accomplishment oh, okay. is what I meant oh, yeah, totally. by we made it. Yeah. I thought you meant we made it to our second anniversary. I'm, and well, not you're yet. just like, no, we away. didn't. And I was like, wow. Well, it's okay. a week away, I was thinking, you know? So, <laughs> I was like, way to be positive. Yeah. I've, I've got a little bit of whiskey i gotta finish off here still before i dive into my beer actually my goodness look at you over there double fisting eh you were um drinking the the scotch whiskey i don't know yeah which what one it is but you were drinking that for the pre-show yes just an fyi all scotch is whiskey but not all whiskey is scotch holy shit okay cool <laughs> cool yes so are we diving in we're diving in i'm kind of excited for this one actually it's i don't know why but one. i am it's a very interesting one. Um, and yeah, our our individual we're talking to, uh, to talking about, there we go, today, a talking about, our individual we're talking about, eh, is Mary Rogers, bud. Okay, is this kind of a well-known case or not? Uh, I don't think it's like well-known, but I wouldn't say it's like not known. It's okay. kind of like one of those under the radar ones, but some people do know about it. Okay. 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 Right on. Um, so Mary Rogers, also known as a cigar girl, was very much so an 1800s influencer. Kind of love that actually. But she wasn't like that 
typical influencer that we think of that I was describing with that like mm -hmm. self-righteous attitude that I'm so great. She was very much so um, reserved, very nice. And we'll get into that though. Okay. But Mary uh, was born in New York in 1820. Oh, awesome. Her father had died when Mary was only five years old. Not awesome. And that left her and her mother in a very tricky position. Now, her mother's name was Phoebe, and she was doing the best that she could to make sure she could look after her daughter. Mm -hmm. She had also had a previous marriage, so she had um, a divorce and then lost her second husband. And she had some mar uh, children from her first marriage, but I couldn't find any information on those kids. So as far as I know, we're just talking about Mary and Phoebe here. But she was doing the best she could look do to look after Mary. And she decided one of the best things she could do to make sure that she was home and could provide was start a boarding house. So that's exactly what she did. She started a boarding house on Nassau Street where she lived, worked, and raised Mary. Okay, what exactly is a boarding house? Is that just somewhere that people can kind of rent? Yeah, a, a space much. or a yeah. room or whatever? Yeah, you rent a okay. room sort of thing. And, you know, it's like you you live in this person's house. They, you know, cook and clean for you or whatever and provide you a room for a fee. Oh, okay, okay. It's kind of like a, a an inn, like a medieval inn, you hmm. think, right? Yeah. Except a little bit more permanent solution. It's not like you go there for a night or two, which I'm sure you could could if you need to. But, but they're probably looking for more so long-term renters. Exactly. Yeah. Now, long-term might mean a month, two a year, I don't know, but it's definitely not like by the night. Okay. Now, as Mary grew up, she began entering an age where she could start helping her mother. And she was working around the boarding house and also put more into the public eye by working at the boarding house. People would come in and see Phoebe and her daughter. Now, this is something that I think pretty much everyone today could think of as most both a blessing and a curse, being in the public eye, right? So Mary didn't actively go looking for the limelight, but being a little more in the public eye, like I mentioned, it sure managed to find her. She became known around town for her immaculate beauty. Oh, okay. She was tall, had soft features, thick black hair, and whenever she went anywhere, men seemed to follow her. Oh, okay. I was like, what exactly was, she, how was she attracting people here? Yeah. She was, she was very beautiful mm -hmm. and she was a very kind individual and it began attracting a lot of attention. Was there, was anything said about like if her mom was a beauty as well? Not that I could see. No. Oh, okay. No. So when Mary was only 20 years old, a man by the name of John Anderson was the owner of a large cigar shop on Broadway, offered Mary something that would quite literally change her life. John wanted Mary to come and work for him, and it would be pretty easy work too. All Mary would have to do was stand behind a counter and sell cigars to men who came into the cigar shop. Okay. Now, I do want to preface this. I don't want to get the wrong idea that I'm saying that retail work isn't very hard. Like all you do is stand behind a counter and sell shit. That's not what I'm saying. Trust me. Okay. I never <laughs> thought that, but no, okay. I have all the respect in the world for retail mm -hmm. workers. Trust me on that one. I know you. So that yeah. maybe why I didn't go there. Just transitioning from running a boarding house and tending to all these individuals in the house to just selling some cigars behind a counter. Mm -hmm. That's, that's quite the transition, much less work for her. 
right? Especially in the 1800s, retail was a very different world, right? Right. Oh my gosh. I, yeah. I could only imagine. No, I think like, you know, you're working in a cigar shop. You're not like, hey, bring the truck around. We got crates to unload. It's mm-hmm. like, oh, hey, my dude is dropping off the weekly box of cigars. Yeah. Where there are 24 cigars this week. Like, you know what I mean? It's much more minimal. And you're not dealing with like probably computers with like transactions and stuff, right? Yeah. I imagine. And I'm pretty sure in the 1800s, there was much more polite activity occurring between transactions too. Yes. Not, where's the manager? I need to, sp-, you know? Yes. I actually feel like all around it would just be way more pleasant. I think but, so. Yeah. So John was kind of on to something though, by bringing Marion to work for him. And that something would be what we would now recognize as a basically a good bit of marketing. He wanted Mary to be the face of his shop and it would be a good deal for quite literally any anyone involved. With Mary's good looks and growing reputation around, she'd bring in more men into the shop to buy cigars, which meant more sales, which meant more money mm-hmm. for everyone, including Mary. He was kind of being pretty smart, really. He, he was, was. He was thinking. He was, he he was. using his noggin. But Mary was a young woman and it was... 1840s. During this era, less than 10% of women held jobs outside their home. Oh, okay. Mary was no different. She'd never left home for work. She never worked anywhere outside of the boarding house. She'd helped her mother run it. And now John was proposing that she go to work in a shop that didn't exactly have the cleanest reputation. It wasn't so much that the shop itself was like a bad part of town or anything. It just sold cigars, right? But both Mary and her mother were concerned that the type of men who'd be coming into the shop to see Mary. Oh, okay. I see. But when Mary figured out how much of a financial success it could be for her, she and her potential new boss, John, managed to convince her mom to let her take the job, even though she had her reservations about it. So, convinced her. That was that. And Mary began working at the shop. Mary's good looks... And John's branding made her into, quote, the cigar girl. And her allure and reputation began to spread. Soon, men were flocking to the store just to see her. Really, hey? Yes, turning her essentially into an 1800s equivalent influencer. Pretty much. Yes. Wow. She's like pretty much a celebrity. Oh, uh, yeah. That's pretty much what she was. Having that title, the cigar girl. Yeah. Like that. That in itself sounds alluring, right? It does. Especially for like gentlemen, you know, oh, I smoke cigars, the scotch, the whiskey or the whatever, right? The top hat and the cane down the street. Oh, the the illustrious cigar girl. Well, yeah. As you're smoking this, it can be like, I bought this from like the cigar girl. The cigar girl, girl, right? Yeah. I talked to her. She smiled at me. Like, right? Like, oh, oh, that's, that's a big deal. So- Mary, though, she wasn't what you typically think of as, you know, the influencer, the negative connotations that we discussed at the beginning. She wasn't larger than life. She wasn't loud or energetic, but she was very sweet. She was modest and very dignified. She was quick with a smile, but just as quick to shut down any ideas that any of the men at the store may be getting about her. And that only made her reputation grow bigger. Oh, right. Man, she was just, I don't know, playing this right, but not even necessarily intentionally. It's not like it was just her. Yeah, she's not playing it right. Yeah. She's just fitting into this 
perfectly, yeah. seamlessly. It's almost like a proverbial, proverbial, proverbial. Can I say that there word? There you go. Proverbial. Uh, Cinderella's glass slipper. Mm-hmm. It's just the perfect fit. Yeah. And it almost just seems like this is like a movie to me. I wouldn't be surprised if there was movies actually made from this. Yeah. Um, I mean, Mary literally encompassed the ideals of the perfect woman for her times. People just literally couldn't get enough of her. She was ideal in every way. Hmm. So she became an attraction. Men flocked to the store. They bought cigars, postcards, and mementos with her face on them. Wow. Yes. And all the while, Mary just focused on being her and focused on her work, making sure that she was a model employee and not paying much attention to the reputation growing around her and her name. And she's probably bringing quite a bit of bank, too. Definitely. Now, this went so far that one man even wrote a poem inspired by Mary that appeared in the New York Herald. And while I couldn't find the poem itself, I did find a couple quoted lines from it um, where it refers to her, quote, heaven-like smile and, quote, star-like eyes. Oh, wow. Yes. Person's head over heels. I think a lot of individuals were head over heels for Mary. Okay, and... Correct me if I'm wrong, but at that age, probably in the 1800s, it's probably rare that she wasn't married, right? Probably. Because I feel like people back then got married quite young. Yeah. I mean, she is 20 and yeah. single. Yeah. So. Hmm. Yeah. Well, I'm kind of digging her. I like it. She's pretty awesome. Yeah. She sounds honestly like quite a nice individual. She's got a good head in her shoulders. And I mean, beauty like that, no one can complain. Yeah. Right. Yeah, I, I, there's photos of her? Uh, 1800s, babe. Well, is there anything like? No. There, there's like drawings. What about these things that people were purchasing though? Yeah, like sketches and drawings. Okay, well, I want to see that. <laughs> okay. Uh, well, I did already post one on Instagram, so. Oh, okay, I didn't see that yet. That's yeah. bad. Uh, so after she'd been at the shop for about 10 months with no problems, things started to change. When Mary didn't show up for work one morning, and no one knew quite where she was. Her boss, John, reached out to Mary's mother, who was just as shocked as he was when she found out that Mary hadn't shown up for work, and that she basically disappeared. Hmm. And the both of them went forward and reported her missing to the authorities. So with her reported disappearance, newspapers began printing that Mary had disappeared from her home. And her mother said that she had found an apparent suicide note. Oh, shit. But this had turned out to be a hoax. Okay. Yeah. But honestly, sometimes that's, it, it, I, it surprised me, but it didn't surprise me, you know, if that was the case. A suicide note? Yeah, because sometimes when you're just like in that limelight and you have all this pressure and stuff. like Oh, things tend to get to you. It can, yeah. Yeah. So searches in the neighborhood were done. The press published story after story of the missing cigar girl, but it looked like Mary had just disappeared. Oh my gosh. And the next day, Mary just reappeared. Oh, okay. Yeah. Alive. And yeah. well. Yeah. Okay. Though she wasn't back at work and it was the talk of the town and everyone kind of knew. Though... Some thought that her reappearance could potentially be a hoax because she wasn't at work. No one really saw her. It was just word spreading that she's back. Oh, a rumor. Yeah. 
And others thought her disappearance was actually what was the hoax. Did she really disappear? Did she really come back? No one really knew. And some actually blamed John, thinking that maybe this was just another publicity mm-hmm. stunt, more yeah. marketing. Actually, that kind of crossed my mind. It wouldn't be the worst thing, really. It would only make her more famous. Yeah, and it would only make a cigar shop get more traffic. Yeah, 100%. And he's already clearly got that sort of mindset for marketing. Yeah. Virality of the 1800s, right? He's pretty creative, really. I Definite props to that, because he mm-hmm. is definitely creative for that. So either way, Mary came back to work. Six days later. Okay, she did come back to work. Yeah. Okay. Looking well, but reportedly, apparently no longer smiling her usual smile. Uh-oh. But she told people she'd just been away visiting relatives in the countryside, and both John and her mother stood by her story, even though they were the ones who reported her missing in the first place. Yeah. When you said that, I'm like, that's really odd. Yeah. So there's not a whole lot really known about that or the truth behind it. It was just kind of... That's what we went with. Hmm. That's what we know. Okay. Yeah. That's confusing the shit out of me. Where the fuck was she? (laughs) Trust me, it kind of confuses me too. Okay. But it is what it is. So even though she'd returned though, a lot of people were in that same mindset. Like, well, what really happened? Mm -hmm. And they were wondering and they each tried to kind of come up with their own explanation for what really occurred. Rumors began circulating that Mary had been seen in other parts in New York not the countryside during those days that she was reportedly being missing and that she hadn't been alone. Oh, okay. The rumors said that Mary had seen was seen, sorry, in the company of a handsome naval officer and that Mary was actually lying about what she'd been up to during those six days that she had been gone. Hmm. You know, I kind of, I just hate that because you want to say you want to hide something or keep something quiet then people just like make it up for you. <laughs> like there's just no getting out of it really. Pretty much. That happens nowadays. Oh, it does. All the time. Yeah. Yeah. And remember, this is 1841 too, right? Like maybe she just wanted a hot fucking minute. True. Reputations for for individuals in 1841, especially women, were everything. And Mary's image had been built on her looks, her modesty. And with these rumors going around, Mary's reputation began to literally come into question. And I mean, what if she just couldn't handle it? Yeah. Yeah. Like much like influencers today, when they're pressured about anything, maybe it's someone's integrity, their history, What maybe they posted the wrong thing on Instagram. Who knows, right? Things can get to an individual, those pressures, those buildups. I mean, you can say the wrong word at times and it's a big fucking deal. So yeah. you miss a lot of pressure. It's a lot of pressure. It can be a lot of pressure sometimes. Yeah. yeah. And you, you can literally just misgender someone mm-hmm. and it could be an honest mistake. Mm-hmm. I mean, I, I've unfortunately misgendered someone. I apologize and continue on. Mm-hmm. Thankfully, they've been receptive and understanding that it was an honest mistake. Yeah. But some people might not be receptive of an apology. Right. And that's the world we live in. It is. So. So for Mary, she'd been back for only one week and she decided to quit her job at the cigar shop due to all the whispering surrounding her name. Uh. And she returned back to her boarding house with her mother. Okay, well, I mean, she had somewhere nice to return, but that sucks. Yeah. Yeah, I'm sure it was fun while it lasted. She got some extra money out of it. It was time to move on. Mm-hmm. So she stayed at the boarding house as far away from the public eye as she could, living and working in the boarding house again. But 
It was only a month later when there would be another development in Mary's story. She disappeared again? She was engaged. Oh. Yeah. Okay, that's good. She announced an engagement. Not to a tall, dark, and mysterious naval officer, though, but someone else entirely. A man by the name of Daniel Payne. P-A-Y-N-E. Okay. Yeah. Um, he was a young man. was about the same age as Mary, and he also worked as a clerk. And he lived in the boarding house that Mary and her mother ran. Okay. That sounds good. Which is how Mary came to meet this individual. And it was within only a month that the two were to get married. Holy moly. Yeah. So they were engaged within a month. And this sudden engagement didn't help stop rumors that Mary had been up to something when she shouldn't have been to or what she against what she had said. In fact, it only seemed to make them worse as oh, whisperings geez. continued behind her back. But Mary at least seemed a little bit more like her old self again. She smiled and just kind of kept to herself. Just waved it off and moved on. Yep, exactly. Just water off a duck's back, right? And sometimes it's hard to do those things. Mm-hmm. Uh, social media, you get you get a negative comment. We get a negative review in the podcast. Oh. It can weigh you down. Yeah. Because someone takes that time just to be a dick to you, you know? <laughs> it's like, fuck you. Yeah. Honestly, my one friend, I don't, she does listen, so we'll see if she says something. <laughs> but um, she always says, bless and release. So just bless them yeah. and release them. I honestly, like, I have to remind myself of that sometimes, but it's a really good saying. Mm. Um, and there's a big difference too between criticism, constructive criticism, and just oh, yeah. people being a dick, you know? Oh, yeah. Because, yeah, sometimes it can be like just saying something and really honestly helping you to improve. And you're like, oh, okay, I could actually work on that rather than just be like, your personality is shit. Exactly. It's like, oh, wow. Okay. And, and whisperings behind your back about shit that they don't even know or experience mm -hmm. or making up. Like, what's the point, right? Yeah. It's just gossip. But it, so, that's good that she was just letting it be kind of thing. 100%. So by the summer, you know, the two of them were still quite not yet married. And despite some of the recent rumors, it was clear that Mary wasn't pregnant. Which, oh, God, that was one of the rumors. That's that's Shit. one of the rumors that are flowing around, which Brutal. to note, that might come in a little bit later on. Okay. So the day was July 25th, 1841. And Mary knocked on Daniel's door at the boarding house and told him that she was going to go spend the day with her aunt. Daniel was just as happy that Mary was happy and hoped that she would have a good day out. So he told her that he would come by in the evening and walk her home and the two parted their ways. But the universe works in funny ways sometimes, and it had other plans for how that evening would play out. As the day went on, a huge rainstorm rolled in and the streets were drenched in tremendous amounts of rain. Daniel had also spent that Sunday out of the boarding house, but when he saw how much it was raining, he decided not to stop by and pick up Mary for a walk home. He figured that she wouldn't want to walk home in a storm, mm -hmm. probably unsafe, and that she was, you know, with her aunt, so he thought she was probably safe at the place where she was currently, and she could probably even stay the night there if necessary. Right. Which is probably a good call. Well, and then I was just thinking, <laughs> my it's hard to think at differently, right? But I was just like, phone her. But like, they don't have phones. <laughs> no, you can't phone. I'm just going to send her a quick text. <laughs> and just a yeah. Facebook message and let her know. Yeah. Oh, was, my gosh. Maybe give her a can and a string and we can communicate that way. I don't know. Yeah. Um. So 
He decided not to go pick her up, and he headed home without her. And when he arrived home, he told Mary's mother about his decision. And she agreed. She thought that it would best not be travel in the storm that he made the right decision. Okay, because I was like, is she going to like this decision? I don't know if I like this decision because shit's going down. I can already tell. It was quite the storm outside, and she agreed best not walk in the storm. Mary's probably just sitting there in the aunt's home, and they'll wait it out too. Okay. So the next day, after the storm had passed, Phoebe, Mary's mother, expected Mary to come home on her own during the day. It was light out, you know, and she can make her way home just fine, especially since she made her way there to begin with. Mm-hmm. But as the hours ticked by, her mother began to get nervous. By dinner time in the evening, when Daniel had come home from work and Mary still wasn't back, they both knew something might not be right. And Daniel headed back outside. He went straight to Mary's aunt's to see if Mary was still there. There was a chance that she was still there and maybe she just, you know, enjoying herself and enjoying the stay, enjoying the company. Maybe she even got sick or who knows what. She wasn't able to walk home by herself. So he thought all these things in his head, all these different scenarios. Let me guess. What? She was never there. Hey, it's Ryan Reynolds and I'm here with Keith, co-star of my upcoming film, If, only in theaters, May 17th. Do you want to tell people the big news? All right, I'll do. It. Sign up now and you'll get unlimited for $15 a month in six months of Paramount Plus Essential Plan on us. Mintmobile.com slash switch. Upfront payment of $45 equivalent to $15 per month. Unlimited over 40 gigabytes per month. Face lower speeds. Videos at 480p. Active Mint customers by 531.24 get six months of Paramount Plus Essential Plan. Auto renews after six months. Offer ends May 31st, 2024. Separate Paramount Plus registration required. Terms and conditions apply if rated PG. Hit the nail on the head. Yeah, I knew it. Yeah. You were leading us up to that. Yep. So when he got there, he asked Mary's aunt if she knew where she was. And she said that she was never there at all. Shit. Yep. Yikes. Mary's in some trouble or she's hiding something big here. What do you think she could be hiding? I don't know. I think she's in trouble. I think she's in trouble. I'm not entirely sure how, but I think someone is threatening her or... Like, almost, I don't want to say holding her captive, but I don't know, influencing her in a very bad way. Influencing the influencer. Yeah. Wow. That's what I'm going with. That's like influencer inception. Mm -hmm. (laughs) Well, I mean, technically, if you think about it, the influencers really are the one being influenced because their likes and comments and follows are what drives them. We're getting deep here today. We are. Whew. Wow. You want another therapy session? It's going to cost you. (laughs) So, of course, Daniel was worried now that Mary had quite literally disappeared. Again. Again. So both he and Mary's mother notified authorities. They reported where she was headed, who she was supposed to be with, what she was wearing. And it was summer, mind you, so she had traveled light and she was wearing lighter clothing as well. Mm -hmm. She didn't have a bag with her or a coat. And outside her normal clothes, she had only been wearing a bonnet. So nothing extraordinary or anything. Mary's mother, rightfully so, was quite worried. Something didn't quite sit right with this. If the plan was to run away or even just run away for a few days, then why didn't Mary pack anything? Why was she just packing light? This most likely meant she intended to return home. The story of Mary's disappearing again 
was an even bigger story and craze than the first time around for the newspaper. Oh, really? See, I would have thought now that she wasn't the cigar girl that it might not have been such a big deal. She still has that title. People still know who she is and they still know her as the cigar girl, even if she doesn't work there anymore. So the cigar girl hadn't just run away once, but twice. And the press and rumors, like I said, just couldn't get enough. Everyone was talking about what would have made Mary run away this time. Maybe her naval officer had come back from sea and they'd pick things up from where they'd left off. Or maybe Mary was dumping her respectable clerk boyfriend for a dark and rugged sailor. Who knows? Oh my god. All goodness. these whisperings going on. Or maybe she's in like actual danger and people need to shut the fuck up and just try to find her. That's true. I mean, I'm <laughs> sure some of those rumors were going on. Authorities were searching. Don't, don't dismiss that. Whatsoever. Yeah. Sorry. That was actually me being a little bit, I don't know. I'm getting in, into this and I just want to know where the fuck Mary is. <laughs> well, several days went by with no news. By this time, Mary didn't just walk back into everyone's life like last time. She did, however, return. But in a much more morbid fashion. Oh, seriously? It would be fishermen out on the <gasps> waters near Castle Point oh, in Hoboken. No. They would find near the shore what they saw was something weird, strange, floating out in the water. So they decided to take a small boat to see what it was. And because of who she was, Fishermen knew instantly when they approached her that they had found the missing cigar girl. Oh my gosh. And by the time they had returned back to shore with her body in the boat, word had already started to spread like wildfire about her discovery and a crowd had begin to, began to form. Really? How on earth did it spread like that though? I'm thinking maybe some shouting back and forth, like as they're approaching shore, get the authorities. We found the cigar girl sort of thing, maybe. Oh, okay. And then people started to gather. That's my thought, because they certainly weren't sitting here calling on their cell phone. I know. Yeah. Yeah. And it was easy for everyone to see when they took a look at Mary, that she had been unfortunately beaten badly. (sighs) And she had also been strangled with a piece of lace from her own clothing. Oh, gosh. I hate that. Her wrists and, and ankles were bound and a weight was tied around her waist by a cord. And there was still more to be still more to come some reports claim that mary had also been brutally raped before she was murdered oh no however to preface that i could not confirm that detail okay so i could not find if that was rumor or fact if she was raped see someone was oh someone was probably just obsessed with her this i hope that we know that you get that you're telling us what happened here i'm telling you everything i know Oh, I hate those kind of answers. <laughs> Why do you that, hate those kind of answers? It's such an old, older case that you probably don't know like a ton about what this shit happened. Well, I'm going to give you everything I know and you can decide for yourself. If that's enough. If that's enough. <laughs> okay. <laughs> Is it going to be enough for me? you're just going to have to let me continue to talk about it and you'll find out. This is the third time. I'll tell you what I know. Ah, Okay. Calm your titties. (laughs) Uh, So her official death was ruled as a strangulation via an autopsy. And rumors began circling over who could have done such a terrible thing to someone like Mary. And with her mysterious supposed naval officer nowhere to be seen, the authorities quickly turned to the next man in line, Mary's fiance, 
Daniel. Of course. They brought him in for questioning, but he was able to give a very detailed account of his whereabouts and movements and was released not long after. He clearly wasn't the culprit. After that, another week. Sorry? Did they also take the boss in too? I'm sure they talked to the boss, but I don't think he was really coming in in for questioning or anything. But it would be another week that went by with no more new developments though. And no new leads and authorities began to get desperate. They first announced a reward for arrest and conviction of the murderer. And then they took it a step further when they announced that anyone who knew anything about the crime, including anyone who maybe even took part in it, but was actually not the murderer themselves, um, would be offered a reward and even immunity if they could help capture and convict the person who had actually killed Mary. Wow. Yes. Wow. They're really trying here. hundred percent. So it's not like it's just all these rumors and whisperings. Authorities are doing their due diligence. Yeah. Because that's a big reward re- or not reward, but saying that you you'll have immunity. Immu- that's a big deal. Immunity. That's a huge deal. That's huge. Yeah. So the very next day after the authorities announced this, they received an anonymous letter claiming to be from a man in Hoboken who's seen Mary there on Sunday. He said that he'd seen Mary walking in the, sorry, I'm going to try and pronounce this right, Elysian, there we go, Elysian Fields, and she hadn't been alone. Not long after Mary had got there, a boat had apparently pulled up up to the shore and six rugged-looking men got off and headed to Mary. Mary had seemed to know them, at least she hadn't seemed uncomfortable around them as she'd been laughing and talking with them. And then after a while, they headed towards the forest together. But then the letter kind of continued. It wasn't long after Mary and the six men disappeared into the forest that another boat sailed up to the shore from New York. Inside the boat, there were three well-dressed men and one of them got out to talk to another couple of men on the dock. This man had then reportedly asked if anyone had seen a group of six young men and a woman and the men in the dock said that they had seen them and that even pointed towards the direction of the forest where Mary and the men had gone. But the man from the boat asked another question. He asked if the men had used force against Mary or if she'd gone with them without a fight. And the man in the dock told her that the group of men hadn't touched her. And the men from the boat then apparently got back in the boat and headed back to New York without asking or saying anything else. Hmm. This is so odd. Isn't it? Yeah. Like, I'm just, my brain's just going wild here. Like, what was she up to? Like, I don't get this at all. I don't know. No one came forward either claiming to be the author of this letter. Okay. They never did, hey? No. Hmm. But it was published in a newspaper. And the very next day after that, another piece of the puzzle found a place. Recognizing the story, those two men from the dock who were questioned by these other individuals in the... From New York? From New York. Okay. They came forward and said, yes, everything in that letter is true. But they also said that even though they knew who Mary was, at least what she looked like, they hadn't been too far away from the group and they weren't actually sure if it was Mary who had gone into the forest that day. Oh my They weren't certain if it was her. That adds a level. It would be another few weeks before there was another break in the case. But this time, it came from a stagecoach driver. The driver claimed that he'd seen Mary arrive in Hoboken on that day, and she pretended to go visit her aunt, and that she hadn't been alone. 
He claimed that Mary was with a tall man with dark hair and that both of them had gone into an inn near Elysian Fields. The investigators were able to track down the inn and speak with the innkeeper, and she confirmed this story. She didn't know who either of the visitors had been, but she remembered a man with dark hair and a young woman, and she remembered that they'd gotten something to eat before they headed off into the forest together. Not long after they disappeared in the forest, the innkeeper remembered hearing a woman scream. Oh, wow. But reportedly, the inn's in a bit more rough area, and she said that that kind of thing can sometimes happen. And she hadn't really thought anything of it at the time, especially when she kind of went outside and listened a little bit closely for a second scream, and it never came. Okay, just two things really quick. One, I just hate that, that you're just in a shitty area and a scream is just not alarming when really someone needs help. Oh, I just- Isn't that terrible? I hate that. That's horrible. And then I also just kind of like love her too because I love it when people, when if someone came and it's like a big deal and they're like, yeah, I don't know who the fuck that is. <laughs> like I just, I just love that. I don't know. It makes me happy and just like smile inside. Think of that as a modern day influencer situation. Yeah. Like I, I don't know, someone who thinks that they're a big deal and they're like, right. not that I'm saying that Mary thinks she's a big deal, but they're arriving somewhere and this person is expecting like special treatment and the person's just like, yeah. I don't think she was expecting that special. No. But imagine like, okay, an Instagram influencer <laughs> go into like an ice cream shop on the beach in like San Francisco or something. Yeah. Like, San Francisco has beaches, right? Yeah. Kay. Oh, yeah. Yeah. And they're like, oh, if I post a picture of your ice cream and tag you, um, would you give me my ice cream for free? Because I have like 80,000 followers. <laughs> and then the person's just like, who the fuck are you? <laughs> yeah, like, I don't know. So this this little inn lady, I just love her for some reason. <laughs> yeah. Um, so it would be, though, two months later that that very same innkeeper, Mrs. Lawson, would call upon the authorities again. But this time she had something quite different to say. Oh, dang. Maybe we don't love her. Was she hiding things? Well, according to her, her children had been playing in the forest when they found the exact spot where Mary had allegedly been killed. Really? So this is legitimately a month later that she had found new information? Yes. Okay. She didn't have this at that time when they first questioned? Correct. Okay. So her kids apparently found a white petticoat caught in a bush, and they found a silk scarf and a parasol and a handkerchief with the initials MR on it. Hmm. And Mary's mother confirmed these items to be belonging to Mary. That's sad. Everyone was then on the lookout for a tall man with dark hair, a description that coincidentally closely resembled the naval officer in the rumors from the first time Mary had gone missing and only added to the fuel for that rumor. Uh -huh. But regardless, no one could find this man, this tall man with the dark hair. Well, I mean, that's really not very descriptive. Not really. Yeah. I'm sure there's a lot of individuals around like that. I'm sure a lot of guys were like, I'm going to wear my hat today because I don't want to get like suspected of some shit. Exactly. I don't want to be that sus. So <laughs> the authorities went back to Mary's mother, hoping that maybe she knew more about him. Maybe she did meet this guy. Maybe she knew something. Maybe she could, I don't know, bring some light to the situation. But she said she didn't know. And if she did know who he was, she certainly didn't tell police. Maybe she was in a situation where she was worried that similar fate 
could mm. be waiting for her. Yeah. Hard to say. Daniel, unfortunately, took Mary's death very hard. Yeah. In the months that followed her death, his mental health began to suffer. And once the news broke about the finding of where she was most likely killed, there was no going back for him. Uh. Daniel was found deceased <gasps> in the very same spot only a few weeks later. Seriously? He decided to commit suicide over the loss of his fiance and overdosed on laudanum. I don't even know what that is. I didn't want to look it up because I just kind of wanted to give this guy his space as much as I could. Yeah. Um, but he ended up overdosing while heavily intoxicated. And there was a note found with him that read to the world, here I am on the very spot. May God forgive me for my misspent life. Oh my gosh. That's terrible. Isn't it? Oh, wow. Okay. Now some say this may be ominous words that show he may have played a part in her final days. Oh, because I was just going to say he doesn't even know what the heck happened. Like he doesn't know anything really. Yeah. Right. And hmm. But most don't suspect him of anything, though there are a few who say that this might point towards him. Can you read what it said one more time? Sorry. It says to the world, here I am on the very spot. May God forgive me for my misspent life. Hmm. Okay. And that very spot, just to clarify, is the spot Mary was killed. Right. Yeah. Like, I mean, he was heartbroken. Yeah. Now, the tall man with dark hair was never identified or caught. And Mary's case has never been solved. Uh, I was really hoping that wouldn't be the case. No. Though her death remains a mystery, this didn't stop speculation and rumors. Just as she endured while she was living, people talked and formed stories just as much while she was passed. One story actually speculates Mary's killer wasn't actually a man with tall, dark hair. This theory suggests that her killer was a woman, a doctor. This alleged doctor named Madame Ristel was actually quite renowned, and she was renowned for helping women at the time terminate unwanted pregnancies. Oh. Yes. So Madame Ristel wasn't a legitimate doctor, mind you, but she still did what she could to help individuals who needed her help. So what if this doctor was helping Mary and her fiancé terminate their unwanted pregnancy and things didn't go so well? It's presumed that the doctor would have fled and Mary's mother and Daniel would have left, been left with Mary's body and they desperately tried to cover up the incident, especially given her positive reputation. Right. But then why would she have been seen at the dock or wherever she was seen with like six men? Or I guess some people said they weren't even certain it was her, right? Not even certain it was her. Hmm. Now, this story could have very well been true, except for one very big glaring issue. Mary's autopsy revealed that she was never pregnant in any way, shape, or form. Oh, okay. And her cause of death was strangulation, and there right. was nothing to show any sort of abortion or anything had ever, ever taken place. Oh, okay. So that just can't be then. And lastly, that innkeeper, Mrs. Lawson, while on her deathbed, years later, after an accidental firearm, after one of her sons accidentally shot her. Oh, shit. Um, 
She made a dying confession. Uh-oh. She claimed that on that fateful day, that fateful Sunday, July 25th, 1841, Mary had come to her inn with that tall, handsome individual. But that tall, handsome individual was a doctor. And Mary was with child. From there, her story goes pretty similar to the last one with an unsuccessful termination and the doctor fleeing. From there, it was her and her sons who were left to dispose of Mary's remains. And they ended up planting the belongings in the forest near their home. Miss Lawson died shortly after this bedside confession, and both of her sons deny this story. Though the New York Tribune newspaper accepted this confession, the case remains unsolved, and the story is chalked up to a dying woman's wild tale. Huh. Okay, that's the two stories that seem to, that people seem to be saying and that kind of seem could have happened, but then the autopsy shows that she was never pregnant, so. Correct. Hmm. Wow. Wow. But also, mind you, and I'm sure an autopsy would find a pregnancy, but I'm not certain on the medical practitioner's expertise on an autopsy in 1841 either. That's true. And she would have only been in like her early 20s, eh? I believe she was 20, yes. Oh my god. Maybe gosh. 21, I don't know, but yeah. Brutal. Yeah, so her story is unsolved. However, she does live on in more than one way, you know, aside from being labeled as the infamous cigar girl. Mm -hmm. She lived to inspire one more man, Edgar Allan Poe, oh. who also lived in the 1800s with Mary. And he based his story, The Mystery of Mary Roguet, on Mary's life and death, which he published one year after her death in 1842. Hmm. In doing so, he made sure that Mary's fame and legacy would live on for many more generations to come. And here we are 200 years later, almost still talking about yeah. her story. Honestly, I love that. That's really cool. Yeah. So Edgar Allan Poe did change a few details in the story. Okay. Um, but that story is very much so based on <laughs> Mary Rogers. Wow. The cigar girl. Yeah. I mean, it is, I guess one positive is that, yeah, her story is really living on. But it's too bad that no one knows what happened, really. Right. Like that. I hate that. And she seemed like she was such a nice woman, too. Yeah. Like she was so kind, dignified. She didn't really let this get to her. I mean, sometimes weight gets to an individual, but she kept her her smile and she just lived. Yeah. And she thought through her decisions and stuff, it seemed like, too. Yeah. Right? She, you know, when things weren't really going quite well, she decided that she'll go back and work with her mom and and that would help and yeah i do think that there was an individual that she might have um built up a reputation with at the cigar shop who became jealous of her engagement and i think that she felt she could trust this individual maybe they were going out for i don't know lunch or something like that right but maybe. why wouldn't she have just told her fiance or maybe she was having an affair with the individual too for one reason or another, there was something happening where she felt she could trust this individual and they needed to lie or make some something up where they weren't telling what was going on. Mm -hmm. And I think in this situation, she most likely 
would have been like, I can't do this. I'm getting engaged. I'm, I'm getting married. Sorry. I'm not the cigar girl anymore. I am moving on from that. And this individual couldn't accept that and wanted her for himself. And I do think this tall man with dark hair was exactly that individual who took her life. He showed his true colors. Yeah. At some point. Yeah. Hmm. I think that there was a lot of anger taken out on her because she would not accept them. Hence the beating and the final strangulation. Yeah. And even just the way the body was disposed to is mm-hmm. pretty brutal. Yeah. Hmm. That's my theory. Do you have a theory? Oh my gosh. Lots of times when you ask me this at the end, I'm like still processing shit. But I don't think it was the f- the fiance. I don't think the mother of the fiance knew anything, to be honest. Um, oh, man. I do think someone... I also... Okay, I do think your theory is very valid and makes sense. But I also think someone might have had an obsession with her or something that they or were, were manipulating her of sorts. And that she ended up getting herself in like too deep to something that she like couldn't get out of necessarily, which okay. kind of goes with your theory, yeah. I guess. Right. So, yeah, but I do think this person, I do think whoever did this had a bit of an obsession with her that she maybe didn't quite realize. Agreed. Yeah. Our cat's going wild. <laughs> yeah, it's that time of, time of day. <laughs> yeah, perfect timing. All right. Well, I'm curious on what your guys' theory is. So <laughs> shoot us a message or something, something or something. Shoot us a message or something. Shoot us a message or We've something. We've been talking too much today, yeah. <laughs> Cotton mouth. I got a beer here that I've hardly touched. Good job. This was actually a very interesting story. It's, well done. It's a bit of a tale, but it's an interesting one. It is. It's and, very interesting. And I'm curious on what other people's theories are. So shoot us a message on that. Yeah. Let us know what you think. Or put it in the comments or something. Yep. We got posts on Facebook and Instagram. We've got all our social links down below if you want to check it out. Patreon included, website, you name it. Descriptions down there. If you don't want to check them out, you can just hang out with us next podcast. That's cool too. Yeah. Our, our cat is literally like possessed right yeah, now. Yeah. We, we should probably, there's a huge bang. We should probably yeah. check that out. Nicole's eyes just went like massively wide. Yeah. <laughs> but And our dogs are disturbed. Good job, yes. Kiwi. <laughs> Okay, well, honestly, thank you for being here. And uh, until next week. Stay wicked. Or should I do the the whole long why thing? Should we do it together? I don't know if I want to do it together. (laughs) Okay, go ahead. Okay. Stay wicked. Is that good? That was great. Okay. Even when we're on a budget, we still deserve nice things. Quince is a place to scoop up stunning high-end goods for 50 to 80% less than similar brands. They have buttery soft cashmere sweater starting at $50, luxurious Italian leather bags, and so much more. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. Get the high-end goods you'll love without the high price tag with Quince. Go to quince.com slash style for free shipping and 365-day returns.